This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Elliott, dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence, a lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 95. We have five more until our 100th episode of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. This podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Can you believe that? A hundred coming up here soon. I know this podcast is now aged and getting old, but uh, right? not old in terms of the sense of boring, old in terms of the sense of a hundred episodes. We'll call that experience. We won't call that age. How about that? Exactly. So that is always, again, we were trying to figure out what to do for the hundredth episode. So if you guys have any ideas, let us know. We Just, should, you know, tweet at us. My idea, and I don't know if the bosses will let this happen. We yeah. should do a Zoom episode. Yeah. That's I think what that I, would be yeah. super cool. That's what I was doing. You know what? I'll reach out and see if that's something that we could do somehow. I'm sure it I'm sure that's not hard to do. I mean, we just do it in a Zoom setting and then put it up online for people to see. So, yeah, yeah let's I'll I'll check into that. That's a good point. Yeah, right. we'll make it a, a cocktail watch party too. Ooh, yeah. So then they can actually see the presentation. Yes. I like it. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to get on that and I'll I'll get back with you guys. Okay. So, we get into this week's episode by And I think we're going to do this. This is what we did last season is we just went over the AP poll quickly, just had our, you know, opinions on where these teams sat, if there were any surprises. And this year there's going to be a lot of chaos, if I might call it that, because you're going to see a lot of teams in there that you're thinking, who are these teams? How are they in the top 25? But where we are at right now with the Big Ten and Pac-12 not playing currently, that's what's going to happen. We're going to see some of these teams because, quite frankly, there's just not enough teams then to put in the rankings, right? No, that's exactly right. So I am going to um, 
I'm not going to go over every one, but there's a few that I, I want to go over and get your thoughts on it. So Clemson is obviously um, the top team with 61st, uh, 61st place votes, followed by Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Florida round out the top five. Clearly, there are no Big Ten or Pac-12 schools in it this week because they have they're, they're not playing right now. But there are some schools that have popped in this top 25 list that are very unusual to see. Sure. Uh, starting with Louisiana. So this is a school that I believe has not made a college football ranking since 1943, hmm. which is crazy to think about. But at the same time, um, I'm not surprised with you know what they they did this last weekend. Also in the mix, uh, so they're at number nineteen, and then Army sneaking in there at number twenty two, and then we have App State at number twenty three and Pittsburgh at twenty five. So just teams that you know you you hear about, but they're not necessarily those top twenty five teams. Yeah, and Louisiana Lafayette, obviously, they earned that ranking. Um, anybody who watched that game, I mean, my gosh. And it was, I mean, well, defensively, I defensively it was good, but like special teams, they blew that game out the water. Now, you want my evaluation, I'll give it to you right here. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Brock Purdy is the quarterback for um, Iowa State, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Terrible. Like, he's not, I'm not saying he's terrible. He had a terrible game. It's just not okay, very Yeah, good. bad game. Uh, yep. But the, the thing that stood out to me on tape, and we talk about um, Southern speed all the time, Louisiana sure. Lafayette looked like they could run up and down the field 10 times better than Iowa State did. And I think that was a difference right. maker. And, and it was a, the special teams plays that really exposed that to where, you know, you, you, you make a guy miss and then you, you kind of slip through um, a little bit of a gap and then you're out in the open field and nobody could chase the returner down. Right. And I don't know if that's something you can really fix in practice. Like you, your, your guys aren't going to get faster uh, practicing on a Tuesday afternoon. So I'll be very curious to see what answers Iowa State has because that was not a very good performance. But give Louisiana Lafayette all the credit uh, because they played a really good game plan. Yeah, and we'll get into a minute a, a bit more about the games this past weekend. But I did want to start off by bringing up the the big subject which we've been talking about, you know, endlessly, it feels like, even though we thought that there wasn't going to be a fall season, the Big Ten is now um, in the works, supposedly in trying to make something happen. So they're trying to get everyone on board to start play this fall. So I first want to pose the question of, I don't feel like we would be in, in this mess right now, Joshua, if they may like rewind a little bit and say, Hey, we're just going to wait for to make our decision until you know what I'm like, because they came out along with the PAC 12 and said, we're postponing. And this is what they said. We are postponing the fall season. They didn't say we're waiting. They said we're postponing and there could be a chance we play in the spring. So everyone quickly, you know, went on the thought process of this is not going to happen. And clearly we saw the uproar from right. these Big Ten schools and individual players and parents. But now what happened, Joshua, to make them reconsider? And it looks like they're on the path to, you know, possibly playing as soon as October. 
Well, I, I mean, I think we got to be honest about the situation. You know, some of the college football insiders have said from conversations with Kevin Warren, one of the things that he's told them is that he did not anticipate the backlash was going to be as strong as it was. And I think mm-hmm. that's for two reasons is number one, like I don't, I true. And he's a guy who's been in the Midwest. He was in Minnesota with the Vikings for a long time. So he knows, but like, you know, being in Minneapolis, St. Paul is not the same as being in Columbus or Ann Arbor or happy Valley. No. So I'm not exactly sure that he was aware of how rabid some of these fan bases are. The mm-hmm. other thing is in terms of the backlashes, I truly believe that he thought that it was going to be more than just the Pac-12 that jumped on board. If you remember back, yeah. the Big 12 was on the fence, and we had talked about this on the podcast. And the one thing that that the Big 12 used to continue forward was a doctor on Twitter who types in all caps saying that myocarditis was not a big deal. And that was the one data point that they used to make their decision to continue forward. Now, in hindsight, it looks like it was the right decision to use that. But at the time, it still could have been a little bit questionable. So that's how we start there. Reality of the situation is you're right. It's looking like we could get back. We can we can get closer to football. It's looking like October 17th to 24th is that window at this point. Um, but if you're the Big Ten Conference, you definitely wish that you had that opportunity to press the rewind button so you could say that you were going to evaluate a little bit more. Now, how do we get to this point where we're saying now instead of you know postponing, really canceling the fall and now we're going to play again, you have the development of rapid testing where you right. can get a result within an hour. And I think that's a big development to where you can in real time be able to isolate and quarantine players um, that are affected or within your contact tracing protocols, which is a big deal. And then number two, I think the Big Ten has seen logistically what other conferences have been able to do. And mm-hmm. they've, they've had the time to evaluate information. So contact tracing has been huge. I also think just some of the uh, being able to monitor other folks' medical information has been big for the Big Ten conference. You know, and that's why I just go back to I'm okay with not having a decision a month ago or have the right information to make a decision. And I'm, and I'm speaking on behalf of the PAC 12 too, because this is really, you know, and I'm going to get to them in just a minute, but this is really what they did as well. I just think it would have been smart to do what Greg Sankey and the SEC did and just wait it out. And he's been consistent with his message from day one. Like, look, have some people thought it, it could be false hope if they ended up not playing. Sure. But at the same time, he's never said we're for sure going to play. He's right. just said, you know, we're, if everything goes right, we're going to try to be ready to go by September 26th. And with everything that has happened, even with positive cases and some programs having to shut down practice for a few days, it looks like everything's on track to happen um, at the end of the month for their start date. So I just wish the Big Ten and Pac-12 would have done the same thing. So then they wouldn't be having to go back on all of this. And then they look foolish, you know, because now it looks like they're just like, oh, well, we made a mistake. Well, I I think the Big Ten probably is cleaning up a bigger mess than the Pac-12. Larry Scott's made it pretty clear. and, And as a lot of media members out there have made it without Oregon and California really being open right now, it doesn't make a damn difference. Now, if you're the Big Ten out here in the Midwest, like, you know, some of the states have been a little bit more restrictive than others. 
Um, but the reality of the situation is we're we're really going about business as close to normal as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the the deal too. Like out west, there there are definitely folks that are upset. Like I know people that are Utah fans specifically. Um, you know, they're yeah. having some struggles with this right now. But if you're somebody that lives in California, like my older brother, um, he lives in Long Beach. And when I talk yeah. to him, his tone about the coronavirus is completely different. Um, sure. Because like his experience with the Corona has been different. Like being that close to LA, they were hit a lot harder than any city really in the Midwest was hit probably outside of Chicago. Yeah. And so for him, like, you know, he's a school teacher. He hasn't been able to go back to work. Like, you know, it's, it's, that's just, that's their normal right now for us. People, some people didn't stop going out into the world. You know, some people in the Midwest still haven't put on a damn mask. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's that is it's a different battle. So for the Big Ten, like you wish they would have held out for that extra information, but since they didn't, the the backlash and the repercussions compared to what's going on out west is just so different. Like I'm I'm thinking about college game day on Saturday where they had Ryan Day, James Franklin, they had mm-hmm. um, uh, David Shaw and and Kyle Whittingham up there, and they were talking about not being able to compete. And you listen to the West Coast coaches talk, and they have a completely different tone than the Big Ten coaches because the Big Ten coaches feel like there's an opportunity to play. Shaw's in a state where he probably, you know, like he's probably still ordering grocery delivery right now. Exactly. I'm going on and on, but there's it's such a difference. And yeah. it, it just kind of goes to show like Kevin Warren definitely has a job ahead of him to get this thing back right and everything else. But like, hot damn, this is such a weird situation. It is. It's very weird. And I had a feeling that this is what was going to happen. And we'd be talking about this. Just, it's just different everywhere. And I think it's hard to see that when it comes to college football, because they're not always on the same page, but you know, you have everybody playing at the same time, usually who have this, the same type of, you know, stipulations and how they're going to get into the college football playoff you know, what conference, non-conference games are playing. And now there's just, it's just a crapshoot. Like it's just whatever you can get on your schedule. And then we'll figure out who the heck's going to make this college football playoff when it's all said and done. And I don't know how they're going to do that, but you were talking about the PAC 12 and how it is extremely different. And it is. And um, on top of that, you know, cause I'm from the, the Northwest and my family lives in California as well. It's, you know, they're also battling these, um, awful wildfires as well it's just yep it's tragic and there's just more there that they're worrying about right now i just think that just i'm not saying that life's harder over there but i'm saying there's more to deal with right now and it's just different situations and so i do give the pac-12 a break when it comes to that and doing things on their own timeline because it is very different and and the pac-12 house has said that they are you know, talking about a return to play plan. Um, but the most aggressive that they're going to be is trying to target that mid to late November time period. Sure. So um, I give them credit for discussing it. If it's going to happen, I don't know. Because like you had mentioned, the schools that are in the states of California and Oregon um, have not been cleared by public health officials to resume uh, contact practices so yes they can't even do any of that right right and, so, and for context it's like six of the pac-12 teams exactly exactly right yeah. i mean because california itself you know has got all yeah, those it's four teams, teams. Yeah. yeah oregon's got both oregon and oregon state 
Yeah. So when it comes to that, it just it's going to be a day by day, week by week thing for the Pac-12. But I think that we will be hearing something here uh, pretty soon when it comes to the Big Ten. And of course, we record this podcast. Is it's it's hard because we have news <laughs> comes out every day, right? So we're doing our best to keep you guys. Um, up to date on everything, but at least the conversation should help when it comes to, you know, what the Big Ten is planning on doing. Um, I hope they do play. I think it would be great to have them in the mix. Um, and I definitely want to see Ohio State play, and I know you do too. So Definitely. Now, I'll, I'll jump in, though, on, on your point about us recording this. Um, you know, it's it's Tuesday night right now. We might get news any time Wednesday or beyond. And uh, (laughs) when you're in this space, the worst thing that you do is you have uh, recorded media that you put out and then it's literally irrelevant because something big happens and you can't do anything about it. So bear with us, folks. Yeah, bear with us. And hopefully you just enjoy our conversation personalities that it makes up for news that might be a little outdated, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the football season, it will be different. And Pepsi is actually here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I know I personally don't really get to watch a lot of football on Sundays because I'm covering the Tennessee Titans, who uh, did get a eke-out win over the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football, but that was, of course, exciting to see. Uh, Always good to just have some caffeine in your hand when you have those late-night games as well. So Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day with and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Now, these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made of those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Mm. Okay, so there was college football this weekend, the second like full week. And I will say there were definitely more games you know, to get involved with. You had college game day, which I want to start with really quick because you brought up college game day, it was so hard for me to like get used to that because I just love college game day for the fact that I love seeing where they go. I love yeah. seeing the fans, the setup. I love seeing the cougar flag wave <clears throat> every single Saturday. And it just was so bizarre. Sure. <laughs> and I And I knew that this would kind of be how it was. But I think it was just so hard. They they do a good job for the most part of keeping people engaged, but it's just so much you can do with guys on the desk just sitting and talking and not being able to really go to much. What was your take on college game day? Did you watch it? I did. Um, yeah, so here I am without uh, my my job. Yeah. At the Big Ten Network. So like, I, you know, I haven't I didn't watch college game day in its entirety all last year. And I really wanted yeah. to watch every moment of it this year. Um, yeah. And I was out of town and somebody else had commandeered the remote for a little bit of it. So I was pissed off. Um, it, so what what I enjoyed was Lee Corso at home. Yeah, know, I did too. His older, his older age. So, you know, it's yep. appropriate for him to be at home away from people isolated. Yeah. And the antics, you know, him in the pool and then somebody in the great. background cleaning up, somebody yeah. dropping him off a drink. He had food out there on the set like they do at the game day set. I, I agree with you. I thought it was fantastic. It was just a cool element there. Now, what's always hard, though, is the delay that comes when somebody is remote. <laughs> and so I know they were struggling with that. 
they had some elements out there too. It was a little bit wet on set. They had some wind. So it was just a really rough go for them. And you're 100% right. I think that, and, and I'll say like Herb Street, I think is a great analyst. I think Paul oh, does yeah. a very good job. Um, I enjoy Reese. He's pretty good. Oh, I don't he's think a pro. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, just the way that he does his, his open too. There's no yep. teleprompter for folks that are wondering. He might've had it because they were just in a different setup. Typically there's no teleprompter. There's nothing. No. He does that off a of rote memory. It's awesome. Exactly. Um, but then there's Desmond who I don't think actually watches football. So he's terrible, but um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and any guy who went to Michigan. Yeah. Well, there it is. But um, <laughs> in, in, in saying that they were good, like those guys are good. The toughest part though, is what exactly what you said is you feed off of the energy of the crowd. You love watching the signs, like all the stuff that goes on and it just wasn't, it wasn't what we're used to. Yeah, it's but, tough. But from like a, a football standpoint, it was really good. I was wondering too, and here's the female in me coming out and wondering like, okay, where is this, where is the added stuff with like the story? I mean, there's right. always stories on there, but I, and I wasn't watching it the whole time because I was getting ready and watching it, but like, I didn't see Maria Taylor much. Right. Um, usually she does like some featurey stuff and I know it's yes. harder to do that kind of stuff right now because we're not able to really be in person with, or yeah, like see these guys in person and like, it's harder to tell stories that way. But sure. I, I was hoping there would be a little bit more of the other, you know, cast members of this yeah. ESPN game day to kind of just fill in these spots and make it a little different and mix it up a little bit more. But. For sure. And like Tom Rinaldi's definitely like the feature guy. Yeah. Like he'll typically do one. It's like, you know, tug on your heartstrings, make you cry before a football game. And you're right with Maria. She is somebody who usually does a feature. And he she did one um, for the week one game day um, yep. on like all the social justice stuff, yep. which was really cool. Mm -hmm. But I think part of it is exactly what you said. Like I had a feature done on me when I was in college by Big Ten Network. And it was me and my younger brother. And, you know, like they came to campus, they did the the shoot, they went to my parents' house, they got uh, clips of my mom, my dad, and my brother. Then they like, you know, they came down on game day and they watched my brother like literally at the tailgate and everything else before the game because he never went into the stadium. Um, and then uh, they, they actually like taped us eating dinner together. Yeah. So like you can't do those elements in COVID. Like it's, it's just hard, impossible. right? So I think that's part of the deal too. I know. And it's like, that's my favorite part of the job is just like really being able to tell their stories so that fans can connect with them. And it, it is, you yes. just have to get creative in this time, but um, it's definitely different. I think it'll, it'll start to change a little once SEC football gets in there and, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully once the big 10 gets back in, we'll see a little bit more in terms of, I'm not saying there's going to be people there, but the setup might be a little bit different where, you know, you can still tailgate at some of these places like in your cars and stuff. Right. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see like what they come up with as the um, season progresses. So the um, games that were happening this weekend, we had a lot of ACC battles, but um, I want to talk about <laughs> the conference that we always rip on. No, not the PAC 12. 
Huh. No, not the Pac-12, folks. The Big 12. The Big <laughs> 12. How about the Big 12 getting waxed by the Sunbelt Conference? Folks, if you don't know about the Sunbelt Conference, I got my first experience covering the Sunbelt Conference in my first full-time sports job. I covered the Troy Trojans down in Troy, Alabama. Huh. And uh, I got my fair dose of Sunbelt football it's not awful but um it shouldn't be a conference that waxes the big 12 sure so i want to say we mentioned the um louisiana louisiana lafayette taking down iowa state 31 to 14 uh we also had we had arkansas state taking down kansas state um let's see what else what am i missing joshua we had kansas getting beat by coastal carolina again yep Dude, what is Les Miles doing? Does he have like any hope of keeping that job? I mean, that why would you take that job in the first place? I guess is I don't a real know. Question. It's a like, it's a great question. So I'll, I'll ask you this just to to drive the point home: Who in the hell are you going to recruit if you're Kansas? <laughs> it's just a great question. But I like, mean, what kids are going there? Like, what's your recruiting base? Like yeah. let me pull up let me pull up a, a a map of the U.S. real quick so I can drive this point home. And if anything, um, Kansas State had the better program. Sure. Out of the two, in terms of football, like I'm not saying Kansas State just was amazing, but they did have some good years. Right. So it's just like I get it. Les Miles is a name. He eats grass. Yeah. You know yes. he's kind of out there, but it doesn't mean that he's going to recruit all these these players at Kansas and turn around the program. Yeah, there's not a goddamn chance. <laughs> so here we go. Kansas to the north, you have Nebraska. Not a chance. Nope. To the west, you have Colorado. That's a hell no. To the nope. south, you have Oklahoma. They're not recruiting those kids. Nope. Directly to the east, you have Missouri. And then states that are close, you have Arkansas, which Arkansas kids are probably ending up yeah. going to Missouri if they're any good or they're going to Mississippi. Or they're going to uh, LSU if they're any good. And then yeah. not too far away, you have Iowa, which obviously those kids aren't going anywhere in Kansas. Um, you have nope. Texas a couple states away. You have, like, I, I just. <laughs> it's a loser. <laughs> Who are you recruiting? Right? Joshua was just laying it out there, giving us a visual. No, I mean, like, you have to. It's you true, have to though. Have the context. It's very true, though. And. I just, it's, it's crazy though, because it's so different in terms of basketball, you know, and it's just, it's like night and day. But you know what the difference is though, for the basketball guys, you know what it is. These cats are only there for a year. Like I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to live in Kansas for a year. Like when you're making a football decision, you're making a three, four or five year decision on your life. Yeah. And that's, that's a biggie, you know, especially when you're young and all you care about is, I mean, clearly you, you care about what you're playing and, you know, how you can get to the next level. But like you said, these basketball guys, they come in and they're like, okay, I could do this for a year. Yep. That's exactly what they think. Football, they don't have that choice. You know, they got to go longer. Yeah. No, got to stick gotta... it out a little longer. That's, so. I feel like, not to dive into all this recruiting stuff, but like, you know, how why is Ohio state getting guys to come out of the South right now into Columbus? And obviously it's, it's Ryan day and it's all the guys yeah. that are in the league and everything else. But for folks who haven't been to Columbus, hell of a yeah. city. 
Like if you're going to spend three, four or five years somewhere. Yep. Real college town. They have an actual big city. Yep. Great food scene. Great culturally. Like there it's, it makes a lot of sense for somebody to make a, a decision to spend some years in Columbus. Yeah. Just like when I got the job offer in Columbus, I was coming over from Arizona and I remember when Moose called me, you know, Moose. Mm-hmm. He was our uh, former sports director at 10 TV in Columbus. And he called me and, you know, we did a phone interview and he's telling me all about Columbus. And really the only thing, and I'll be honest, the only thing I really knew about Columbus was that, you know, Ohio State was there. And that's all I knew. I, I didn't know much about the city. I didn't know the culture. I didn't know the, you know, the scene in terms of entertainment. And when I got there, when I took the job and moved there, I was like so impressed. But a lot of people that I tell that Columbus is my favorite city I've ever done sports in are like, why? Why? And I'm like, you've never been there. You don't understand. Or if there are people that have been there, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. So it's very, it's very interesting, like for some of these guys, you know, it takes a recruiting trip up there. Obviously, it's Ohio State. That's a number one yes. sell. Ryan Day. Yeah, that's a sell. But then when they see there's an actual city around them. Right. It's like, boom, it, trifecta. And, and that's how you get people like, you know, like all the football stuff speaks for itself. But one thing that I've told recruits before is like, okay, you can go and play in, in Tuscaloosa. Like, are you going to go back to Tuscaloosa and have a career there? The answer is no. No. I think that's like, it's the fifth largest city in Alabama. Like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, I've been to Tuscaloosa. I ain't living there. You know, like you go to Notre Dame and you could probably live wherever you want, but you're not going back to South Bend. Nope. You know, like if if you want to go somewhere and then be (laughs) able to come back and live by your university and and be able to soak up and enjoy the culture and, and, you know, all the, the glory days too. Like Buckeye fans don't forget about all the great games. Like this is the place to be. Yeah, it it is. I, I, speak very highly of the city. So if you've never been, you should take a trip. It's awesome. All right. Well, even though sports had a break, your business did not, you have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. So you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides power tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half more likely to result in a hire. Try Indeed out and get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash bluewire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through September 30th. LSU is planning on getting their season started here. Like I said, September 26th. And we have talked about how these programs, and I'm specifically pointing out them the programs in the sec, because I cover Tennessee and Vanderbilt and they've had issues with positive cases and also contact tracing, which knocks out a ton of players that we've talked about before. Sure. I thought it was really interesting that Ed O, Ed Odron at LSU, head football coach, decided to just say, hey, you know what? Well, 
most of our guys have actually contacted COVID-19. And we're just hoping they just they don't get it again this season. And I know it probably didn't come across as being anything that rubs people the wrong way. But I don't know. I just, I think it's kind of weird that he comes out here and says it and then is like, and I, I mean, hopefully we don't get it twice. Because I'm like, nobody knows like really what happens with this thing. Right. Like, you shouldn't just be like, oh, okay, well, we're, you know, we should be good to go. We've all caught it. Like, it's, like it's just, it's, it's in the yes. bizarre world we're living in, but I don't yes. know. It, it's just, it was a weird thing to, to kind of just come yeah. out and be so like, oh, all right. I mean, I guess he's being transparent, whatever, but. So here's my deal. Like a lot of folks. So there were some people who were like, wow, this is a really dangerous thing to say in this set in the third and a lot of folks are trying to give the benefit of the doubt saying like, oh, you know, he's saying like most of his guys had it and now they're healthy and like right. you know, they're trying to make sure that his guys like, oh, I hope they don't get it again. Like he's trying to make sure that his guys like he's wishing that they wouldn't get it again. Sure, and sure. you can if you want to be that type of person, you can be that type of person. Um, having played college football, I I know how these coaches brains work um, yeah. and I know a lot of what they consume outside of football. And yeah. so if I had to take a guess, he's probably saying like, oh, yeah, most of my team had it. And, uh, you know, I hope they don't get it again, as in like, oh, once you've had it, you can't get it, like herd immunity type stuff or whatever. Right. Um, and there have been a ton of studies done that say you can get COVID twice. That's what I thought. Yes. Like there's like a two month window that you like probably yes. won't get it. But you can get it twice for sure. Yep. Okay. Which, and so like, yeah, from that standpoint, that's where people are like, wow, this is really dangerous and kind of wild and like very irresponsible. And just like, what kind of coach would come out and say that? But again, like, I'm not trying to tell people how to feel about COVID because I know that's a really hot button. Um, but I will say that like culturally down South, this is probably how a lot of people feel about COVID. Like, I'm not saying that everybody down South feels like that, but I feel like that is more the thought process down South than Maybe oh, in the is. Midwest where it's a little bit different. Well, you would know. And then West Coast, they're like, I can't get COVID once because I'm oh, yeah. like, you know, period. Yeah. But folks down there are like, oh, yeah, well, you get it and then it's done and you just go on about life. And it's like, whoa, now wait a minute. Like you yeah. got a whole team to keep safe here, buddy. Well, and I think the other thing when you say something like that, what I mean – you're kind of just assuming, okay, like most of our team has had it. And he didn't say everyone. Obviously, there's right. there's guys that have not had it. And he says that in this article um, on ESPN. But I always just think about him kind of being like, okay, most of our team has had it. Then I start to immediately, my brain goes in the direction of how much do they lax up on stuff? Sure. You know, how much do they decide to test you know two times a week instead of three or i don't know i just well, I how much to, are the guys like okay well now i've had it like so i can go to this bar thing. i can go to this party yeah that's because i mean those yeah. guys were in bars like they got like 30 of them got covid at the club yeah that's so, why half of them got it probably yeah so like let's not sit here and act like these guys have never been into a, 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 a an adult establishment before you know right so there's there's a legitimate chance where maybe these cats are like, all right, well, I don't have to wear a mask because I had COVID already. I actually saw a post from somebody prominent here in this city, the daughter of somebody prominent who had COVID and then uh, oh, got on an airplane once she was recovered and asked, she took a, a selfie of herself on the plane and said, do I even need to wear this mask since I already had COVID? God. Like that's, the, it's, it's a, a thought process people really have. 
<sighs> no, yeah. not. And the thing is, is like nothing is saying that you're immune from it again. Like right. nothing. You can go and by what. It's not to say that these folks are like they're gonna get extremely sick or they're gonna die, and it's no. like the worst thing ever. But in my little pea brain, for people who don't think this thing's a big deal, like you start to hear about, does it affect your heart? Does it affect your brain? We've heard that people don't get their taste back. Some men have experienced erectile dysfunction yeah. because of COVID. Like yep. you, we don't know in five or 10 years what having this thing does to your body after having it once, let alone twice. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm worried about. And yeah, that's my only reason to not get it. Is like I, I, I think I could probably survive the the actual lung issues with COVID today. But am I gonna have lasting lung issues? Am I gonna have scar tissue on my lungs? Am I yeah. gonna have a brain problem, a heart problem, whatever it is, in six, seven, eight years? And it's just because there's so many unknowns with this, and there still mm-hmm. are. I think that's just like the worrisome part about it, you know? Yeah. And I think. I know people think it's just the flu and it it's clearly has many symptoms like the flu, but I just think the flu we know doesn't have long-term effects. Yeah. This we don't know. So uh, just one of Kayla, those things that I, I was spitting facts. I'm spitting facts tonight, man. You are. That's I mean, I, he, here, here's the reality the situation is the, it's a novel coronavirus for a reason. So again, we might look back five years from now and know everything we know about COVID and it really wasn't that big a deal. And, you know, it is what it is, but we know, like people say it's the flu. Well, we know about the flu. It's been around for a while. And I know there are different strands, strains of the flu and it, it, it evolves, but like there's a shot for it and people know what to expect when folks get the flu. Exactly. With this, a lot of questions still. A lot of unknowns still. Absolutely. Well, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. Again, if there is... Big 10 news that comes out and you're listening to this podcast and like, why didn't they address this? You know, just know that (laughs) we have to tape this at some point of the week and we like to get it out. So you guys have a week to listen to it. So that's why, but we will clearly address everything that happens within the next few days on the next episode of Press Pass. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. You can always go to follow Joshua uh, on Twitter and go ahead and give them your handle. At RIP underscore JEP, the mentions are open. Let me holler at some people. Absolutely. And you can go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Kayla Anderson TV. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this edition of podcast. Have a great week and enjoy another good weekend of college football. See you guys. The wait is finally over. Football is back. Now, you might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on all the action on Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more option to wager than anywhere else. Now, you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great setup bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That is BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. 
The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.